When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Do you have your strategy mapped out for the tailgate, the party, the pacing that is going to take place Saturday as you lead up to kickoff? Nebraska, Michigan, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, more thoughts on the big one for the Big Red as Harbaugh and company roll in. We'll hear from Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star. Does a great job covering Nebraska football. He's with us in about 20 minutes. Our favorite sideline man, sideline man uh, Jeremiah Searles, to kick off hour two. And Searles pulled off uh, something monumental, quite honestly. Uh, Will Compton, the bus and crew, on their way here to uh, to Lincoln. They're towing the bus. But uh, Searles going to be with us. We'll get his breakdown on uh, what he has seen from Michigan on film. Uh, Managing editor and uh, podcaster and writer extraordinaire Brandon Vogel. And then some best bets coming up with Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network. Gary Barnett giving us some time here shortly as a coach. Has has had some some golf. Has had a roadie to Missouri. And uh, we are going to try and track him down in an airport to get his take. He wasn't real confident on his Northwestern Wildcats last Saturday. Uh, we now know why. They're, uh, they're a struggling football team. Nebraska are really locked-in football team. Numbers to dial up. Get a hold of us today if you like. 466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we're still in the midst of, of trying to see which side of the fence we're on for Saturday night. What happens? You can tell yourself a bunch of different things. You can project. You can pontificate. You can kind of lean on some, some knowns, and that is a, a really fast and talented defense uh, from Michigan. You, you know where Nebraska's offense looks better. And uh, what they're about, uh, at least after some shifts and changes with personnel against an, an undermanned football team. And, and you know it's going to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to uh, a setup where Nebraska will, will have to uh, avoid or overcome mistakes, right? And that's just football. Michigan's going to have to do the same thing. 
what's Michigan going to do if if Nebraska plays a clean football game? What's Michigan going to do if Nebraska is able to run the football uh, successfully with not only the the running backs, but also there's a real concern and it's warranted with uh, what Adrian Martinez is and can do. And, you know, two weeks ago, you got Rutgers going a different direction. I think it's going to be a big game for Michigan State in in, in Piscataway this weekend. I'm thinking that might be an upset special. Uh, try his cell, Elijah, because he's not at home. His cell. I thought that was his cell. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If he was at home, that'd be funny. <laughs> No, try try his cell. Uh, try his cell in the airport. Gary Barnett uh, momentarily coming up. Back to Nebraska, though. I look at this setup and situation for Nebraska, and Elijah will jump in on this too, but you just have a different team. You have a different team since even Michigan State. And you have a team that, that is really – Anxious to, I think, go out and prove themselves. Let's head to uh, an airport uh, in Missouri. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett. Coach, thanks for making time. Have you had yourself a $14 beer yet? (laughs) I don't do $14 beers. You do in the airport. (laughs) Oh, no, not in Branson, Missouri, man, or Springfield. They're six bucks. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, it looks like I've been traveling through the wrong uh, Missouri airport. Uh, Coach, uh, how's, the, how's the, the day been? Get a little swings in? Yeah, we did. I'll tell you, I'm playing the, we played all five courses here in, uh, at Big Cedar Lodge in Branson, and it is unbelievable. It is this whole Big Cedar thing in, in Branson, Missouri, is so incredible. There are so many things to do. The beauty is incredible. Uh, golf courses are great. I mean, it's it's just it's almost over the top. It's you you wouldn't even believe that you were in Missouri. You feel like you were in Germany or someplace like that. It's it's sensational. Uh, and it's uh, Johnny Morris who has Bass Pro Shop has done all of this. Oh wow! And it's just it's just one thing after the other that you just look at and and you're awestruck by it. So you've seen, we'll get to football in two seconds, but I mean, you, you golf in, in the Rockies, you golf in Scottsdale. I mean, you've been to a lot of great courses, but that's pretty high praise from you uh, with, with just the, the, the scenery to go with the, the course itself. Well, it, it's, uh, it, I can't even fathom. I mean, we finished yesterday, Tiger Woods course. Uh, you hit on the 19th hole, you hit down to an island green, uh, and then you take this winding trail through through the rocks, and uh, there's you go through a, a cave, you go through waterfalls, you go, I mean, you just can't believe what this guy has done. And, uh, I mean, it really is, is spellbinding. I just, I just can't believe it's there, and now you don't even see it. You don't even know it's there, and... But the whole lodge and the whole, you know, it's Table Rock Lake, and uh, it's just a great water scene as well as mountain scene. So it's it's, a, it's about as good as it gets. Coach, it, it could uh, could be as good as it gets or has been for a while. Saturday night in Lincoln as Michigan comes to town. I got a lot of questions for you. What do you think of Michigan from what you've seen of them? Impressive win in Camp Randall. You were right on about Nebraska being the uh, the better team and 
Nebraska took out some frustration on Northwestern last week. What do you see from each of these squads coming into Saturday? You know, Chris, I think this is a really even matchup. Uh, you know, Michigan's just not making the mistakes they've made in the past. Uh, and that's, that's the big difference I see. Them. Now, they're not throwing the ball. They're only averaging 16 throws a game. Through four games, they only threw the ball 53 times. So, you know, they're not making the kind of mistakes that they made in the past that sort of shoot, shoot themselves in the foot kind of things. You know, they had one interception, and that was by a third-string quarterback in mop-up practice and mop-up duty last week. Fumble the ball once. Uh, I mean, they're they're just solid right now. They're playing really good. They're playing good defense. They're running the ball. And they're sort of like a throwback to the old Michigan teams that Bo Schimbeckler used to have. Agree with you there. Uh, with Nebraska, you've seen them get better. And uh, are, are they are they good enough? You just said it'll be even. Uh, there are some things that Nebraska fans are excited about but also nervous about and specifically close games. Nebraska eventually has to get one of these, don't they? They do. You know, and you know, you even look at their three losses, uh, and, and nobody wants to look at the Illinois loss and say it was a good loss, but it, it wasn't as bad a loss as everybody thinks. But the other two losses were, you know, if there are such things, good losses. But they're, they're losses to teams that are playing well, and they and Nebraska played well in those games, and they just had one of those shoot shoot themselves in a the foot kind of days in, in both of them. But you know, to me. Uh, you know, offensively, they're becoming more and more explosive. The more options that they use, 505 yards a game. Now, and, uh, you know, that's that's almost significantly more than what Michigan's putting in there. So, I, you know, I just think this is a great matchup. I, I know Michigan's favored by three and a half, but um, at Nebraska, you know, it's you're right. It's going to be exciting there, and I just think you know Nebraska's ready to to make a move like this. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Quarterback will be the difference. I look at Michigan's front seven. They're not huge, but, man, they're fast and athletic, and, and they're physical. They're, they are blindingly fast. Uh, what, what do you tell your quarterback? Because Adrian's got to be the difference, okay? He's, he's just that special a player. He is the X factor. But how do you, how do you get him to be the X factor without overthinking it or, 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 or being a detriment? You know, I, I remember playing Texas, uh, and we've got Darian Hagan at quarterback, and about the third play of the game, he breaks it for about 60 yards, mm-hmm. and he comes off the field, and he says, they can't tackle me. I said, you're exactly right. They can't. And, that, you know, we went on and played that game, and he played the whole game like that. They can't tackle me. And in some respects, it's sort of the same thing, I think, with Adrian Martinez. You don't. You don't get him up tight. You just tell them, you know what? They can't tackle you. They 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 cannot stop you. They have not seen anybody like you. And uh, go go let it rip. And have some fun, man. That's where I I kind of feel like Nebraska's at coach is they're at the point right now where they're confident. They've played good or or better football. They've been close and they're sick of of what hasn't happened. I don't think they're scared of the moment, and I can't say that about Nebraska teams or past staffs. Well, I, I feel the same thing, you know, and just watching them. I, I think that's a good good phrase, not not frightened of the moment. And uh, so it, it just has felt like to me that they've been building 
to sort of get to this maybe tipping point um, in, in the Scott Frost era. But I certainly see this as a chance for it to be that kind of game. And they just, you know, they just got to go play and have fun and not see it as a tipping point, not expect it to be that way. Play the game for the love of the game and do what you love to do out there and have some doggone fun doing it. Was that what you preached in these big games? Absolutely. You know, understand the moment, man. I mean, I'd always make our team come out on the field and just look around and say, look at this, baby. Look what you get to do. Man, you know, just be thankful for the moment and go go play. Do you put much stock into, is it is it a, a reality that's talked about, or do you broach it as a coach if you're on, on the road in a super hostile environment? You've been to Lincoln, you've coached in Lincoln, you've covered games in Lincoln, and you've covered night games in Lincoln. This place is going to be about knee-deep in Jack Daniels about 6 a.m. Saturday. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's going to be nuts. You know the fan base. I mean, is it uh, is it something you even touch on with the opposing team? No. I, you know, I mean, if I'm Michigan, Michigan's been in big environments. Those kids have all played in tough. Mm-hmm. That's why you go to Michigan and you go to Nebraska to play in these games. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't think the moment's too big for either team. I don't think uh, that kind of atmosphere is, is too big for Michigan. Uh, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, breaks in the game, who plays well, um, you know, who doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> You're right on. Coach, so what do you think here? Three and a half, uh, the line, Michigan's favored unders, overs, 50 and a half. Do you have a lean? Well, no, I mean, I think, I think Nebraska actually wins the game. I, I don't. You know, that, that three-and-a-half point spread doesn't mean much to me, I think. If I watch this game, if you ask me to pick a winner, I'd say Nebraska's going to win. And um, I have no idea over-under and that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, unless someone gets hurt, mm-hmm. then I can see it being just a really exciting down to the end of the, you know, fourth quarter kind of game. And I think both teams will play well. I think this is just, just what they've been waiting for, both teams. Coach, what do you think gives Nebraska the edge in this matchup? It just seems like they're ready. Uh, you know, Michigan has not had a game where they've made the mistakes. Okay, everybody has a game like that. And uh, they have been mistake-free. They have not been exciting. You know, they've just done their duty. Uh, they've run the football. And, uh, you know, in a game like this, if if your quarterback stays healthy and Adrian stays healthy and they keep doing what they've been doing, he's going to be hard to stop. And but I do see this thing being close, and I see this thing going down to the, to the end of the fourth quarter. Coach, quick rapid fire: Penn State, Iowa, Iowa minus one and a half. Oh man, is that a tough game to pick or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I think so. I you know I I just think Iowa's Iowa's defense is so stinking good. That I don't know who moves the ball on them, so I'm, I'll, I'll take Iowa. Oklahoma, Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Bevo minus check that. Oklahoma minus five and a half. Yeah, you know Oklahoma's got bad wins. They're five and zero, oh, but they're not great wins. Um, I I think this is a, a chance for Texas to maybe make a 
uh, have a signature game here. So I'm gonna. I think Texas may upset them. Georgia, fifteen and a half, favorite on the road at Auburn. Yeah, well, that's about right. I'm picking. <laughs> I'm, who's going to pick against Georgia? Not me. <laughs> I, I, I just that's that's always a tough ball game. This is a, a crazy one. Arkansas, Ole Miss, minus five and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether Arkansas can recover from last week or whether Tiffin and Ole Miss can recover from last week. But uh, it was sure a beatdown for both teams. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really hard pick. It just depends on which Arkansas team plays. You know, I I mean, I think I'm one of those guys going to be rooting for Arkansas, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm I'm not sure on this one. Coach, safe travels. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for making time today. You got it, Chris. Good being with you. All right, there he is, Gary Barnett, with us from a, a Branson Airport where beers only cost six dollars. That's incredible. A $6 airport beer. Yes, please. More Nebraska, Michigan. Parker Gabriel next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 30 minutes away, Jeremiah Searles, our favorite sideline man to preview Nebraska, Michigan. Thanks to Gary Barnett for getting us kicked off. He likes Nebraska. Should be incredible Saturday, that old feeling. We say hi to Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG on Twitter. Parker, how's your week, man? Thanks for the time. Yes, it's been a good one so far. Um, feels like uh, feels like we're all sort of, at this point, I mean, you know, plenty of work to do and all that, but it sort of feels like we're all uh, waiting for a big one on Saturday night. We are, and it's, it's a lot of fun. You've covered... Nebraska, you covered Wisconsin, other programs, and it's you get a you get a national Saturday night moment. It it can be uh, well, it can be uh, life changing for some fans, and uh, <laughs> it, it can good or bad, right? Uh, with uh, yeah, just right. The, the the hype and the hope, and as you look at Nebraska and you kind of ballpark where they're at right now. First, what do you what do you take? and extract from Northwestern, uh, just kind of knowing what, what they are right now as you try and apply and break down and analyze Saturday against a, a squad that's as talented as Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I think – I don't mean this as um, disrespect or anything for Northwestern, but I think what it turned into, you know, to Nebraska's benefit probably was something like a dress rehearsal for this week, especially for the guys that hadn't uh, played much – so far this season, and the natural point to start on that, of course, is, is Teddy Prochaska and, and Nori Newelli, the, the new left side of the offensive line. You know, you feel uh, – I mean, I don't think you necessarily feel radically different about the Michigan game if this was their first start um, compared to their being, it being their second, but it can't hurt. And Frost said that today. You know, that, that game experience, 60 snaps for those guys, that doesn't – fully prepare you for facing, um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and that Michigan defensive line, but it's better than having not played those. Um, so it's sort of, I think it was a step in the right direction. I think it, you know, you take the energy of it, um, both from the player perspective and from the fan perspective. I mean, sort of set a benchmark for what, like, oh yeah, this is what Memorial Stadium's like for a night game. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the players, and coaches feel like it's going to be that way or better on Saturday night. I'm sure fans 
whether they were there or not last week, are, are thinking, hey, this is going to be pretty cool. Um, and so all of that, you know, comes together to just, I guess, give Nebraska a good feeling going into the game. Now, good feeling doesn't – good feeling is not what allows you to beat the number nine team in the country. Um, but, you know, can't hurt. The buzz can wear off, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and we've seen Nebraska, we've seen Nebraska not handle success particularly well recently. Less so this year, I think. You know, the, the the effort level and the consistency of that effort has been, I would I would say, it's been pretty good consistency wise all year. Um, not consistent like execution, mm-hmm. but consistently playing hard, playing with good effort, all of that. Um, you know, especially since the opener. So I don't, but I don't know if we're to a point. Um, I guess speaking just from my own perspective, I don't know if you're fully at a point where you trust Nebraska not to let down uh, after a big win and a big exhale uh, the way that they did last year. But I do think you're closer to that, that point with the way that this group has sort of operated so far through the first half of the season. Parker Gabriel with us, Nebraska, Michigan, uh, here on Hale Varsity Radio at Husker Extra PG. It's where you follow him on Twitter, reading with the Journal Star, of course. Great coverage there. So, Parker, what's how how closely did you check out Michigan, Wisconsin, knowing your your background with Wisconsin? Were you kind of surprised at, at what Michigan did to Wisconsin? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a really interesting game. Um, I, the thing. Uh, the thing with Wisconsin, which I think instructs this game this weekend a little bit, is Wisconsin's defense is sort of in that position. I mean, they're really good, but they're they're a really good defense that's been put in the position that Nebraska's defense has been in in recent years, where they're just they're sort of hung out to dry. They're on the field a lot. Uh, they're not getting a lot of help from the offense, and so over the course of a game, it's hard not to wear down. And even Given that, you know, Michigan scored 38 points in that game, and they rushed for like 112 yards. Uh, they had 15 first downs and still scored 38 points. So Michigan's won in a couple of really different ways the past couple of weeks. They didn't have a first down in the second half against Rutgers, and they hung on to win that game 20-13. to 13. And then they rolled Wisconsin in Madison, even with sort of like, I mean, 365 yards, that's not, that's not like a terrible day at the office, but that's not – always a 38-point afternoon, and so they were opportunistic, uh, and they got it done despite playing against a really stingy defense. So I think that it sort of shows you that it's a team that's figured out different ways to win so far this year, uh, and they've capitalized on other teams' mistakes when they've made them. Parker, is it fair to say that Nebraska is Michigan's first real test of the season? And I know they played Washington early in the season, which was thought to be a pretty big test, but Washington hasn't looked as good as preseason expectations. Uh, and the same could be said for Wisconsin. So you think Nebraska is like the first real test for this Michigan team? Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the first real test for Michigan's defense. I mean, I, I don't, Wisconsin's really limited offensively. Nebraska's offense is going to test uh, Michigan maybe in, in in ways that they haven't seen before just because of the so far this year, just because of Adrian Martinez's, you know, athletic ability and, and all of that. Now, 
it's not. I mean, but but I want to also make it clear. Like, it's not. It's not like Nebraska's been great on offense this year. They they scored a bunch of points and had a ton of yards last week. Uh, and some of that option stuff provides a unique challenge. Um, but you know, I think Michigan's offense is going to be in a. You know, the, the the test for them that they haven't seen so far this year is probably the environment. I mean, you know, night game, all of that. Like Kate McNamara took over last year during the pandemic year empty stadiums like this will probably i think it's probably safe to say it's the loudest environment that they will have faced as an offense uh, and that he will have faced as an offense they played against a pretty good unit last week so they're no stranger to trying to line up and run the ball against a stingy group it's not like they you know like i said they had 112 yards last week so yeah i think it's overall it might be the biggest challenge michigan's faced so far this year and it will definitely be the biggest test that that Michigan defense has faced in terms of an opposing quarterback so far this season. I watched the Rutgers splice up, and Noah did a good job. They moved the ball. They had third and one. They were very crisp with completions and some nice run plays. And Michigan's defense isn't huge. They're just fast and physical. But I think you can run on them. Uh, that said, they'll they'll show up Saturday night with <laughs> no no love for anyone's run game and, and make me look bad here. But you know who else on offense? Adrian's got a ball out, but he can't force it. If that makes any sense, who's gonna who's gonna ride shotgun with him? Who else needs to click catching the ball, running the ball? Obviously, the offensive line needs without without mention. They they've got to they got to take care of him. I mean, what what's the plan here? Is it just let Adrian get loose with his legs and play action him? Yeah, well, quite a bit, yeah. They've, they've got to be able – I mean, in any game, there's a couple of things that you have to be able to do. I mean, they, they have to be able to, you know, potentially hit over the top of the defense. And whether that's Xavier Betts or Oliver Martin, who, you know, oh, by the way, began his college career at Michigan, uh, or – Omar Manning or Smart Array or whoever it is, like you've, you've got to be able to uh, loosen up the defense a little bit. But really, I think it's about you know what can they establish in the run game. You know, you can't. They can. I mean, to win one game, you can do it. You can run Adrian 20, 22, 24 times if you need to. They'd obviously prefer not to do that. Um, and if you can get whatever the combination is, let's say it's Ramir Johnson and Jacques Yant, you know, if you can make some hay, and I agree with you, Schmitty, you know, that they can really run laterally. Michigan can really run laterally. You know, Hutchinson um, is good in pursuit. Josh Hill, their inside linebacker, is playing really well. Uh, Dax Hill was a, a five-star guy um, who is a, you know, he's a missile. Um, he's sort of in that hybrid, you know, safety spot. So, you're not. You're going to have a hard time, I think, going sideline to sideline on him. But if, if you can line up and run it right at him a little bit, um, you know that uh, that frees up the downfield stuff, and then vice versa. If you can hit him over the top once or twice, then maybe you've got a little more room to operate in the middle of the field running the ball. So, if you want me to pick uh, a, a, a two guys, a guy or two to, to ride shotgun with Adrian, I think I think I'll probably start with Johnson and Yance. Okay. Um, and see if Nebraska can't play from inside the tackles, you know, outward. Do you worry about Michigan on the other side of it going up top? Michigan's got, oh, they always have just long dudes that can go up and get a jump ball. So that's where I think Michigan can, can maybe hurt Nebraska. 
on the outside with some some jump balls. And other than, you know, limiting the big play, which is kind of, you know, point number one on the old script defensively yeah. uh, every week, what 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 is Nebraska's job? What what's a good night for the black shirt Saturday? Yeah, I think, I mean, you've heard the guys talk a lot about, you know, trying to take the ball away this week, and that's obviously another one of the uh, bullet points every week. I think, you know, I thought Scott Frost said it today. Um, you know, it's all, to me, it's all, this is a game that's all about the, the run game. Um, you know, he said, we want to run it, they want to run it, we want to stop it, they want to stop it. I mean, that's sort of the, the name of the game. You know, they might. Those guys, um, you know, Cornelius Johnson and, and a couple of the other guys, you know, they have a couple of big, long receivers that can, that can go down the field. Obviously, you know, Nebraska got bit on a, on a double move uh, last week for a touchdown uh, and, and on a flea flicker for a touchdown. So that's two weeks in a row that they've sort of given up one, you know, one ball over the top. Uh, so, you know, that that happens occasionally. Obviously, if you're Nebraska, you, you, you don't want it to happen um, this week and, and give up an easy one. Um, but I think it's, it's the, the first line is about, you know, slowing down that running game uh, and making Cade McNamara, who's playing in this kind of environment for the first time as a college starter, um, you know, have to try to go to the air um, to, to beat you. Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star. Read his coverage and uh, follow him on Twitter at Husker Extra. PG is where you find him. Parker, uh, thanks for jumping on. Great insight as always, bud. We'll see you Saturday night. Should be a great time. Yeah, no doubt. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Parker Gabriel. Uh, Thanks to Coach Barnett for getting us kicked off hour one. We'll hear from Scott Frost, a little bit of Hoiberg as well, the mayor in Indy for uh, Big Ten Basketball Media Days. We'll go go there. And open phone lines. Yes. Can chime in and get plenty of time to uh, break apart this Saturday night showdown. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, some housekeeping real quick. Roadshow tomorrow, the single barrel inside the Graduate 4-6. to six. Come by, plenty of goodies, some lottery tickets. Go get a big old fat thick steak, over 200 whiskeys to choose from, and uh, get your weekend started right with the single barrel. Roadshow Friday for Hale Varsity. Saturday, we are taking it to the streets as we are in, uh, well, uh, not too far from uh, where the... Uh, the, the mini horseshoe is at, right? Uh, just uh, not too far from the West Stadium, just down a block. The mother of all Gary Michaels tailgates. Uh, Navat and Uncle Nate having us out. Three to five show. We have, for big games at Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they would always fly Jefferson in. Well, for a big game, we didn't fly him in, but Bill Dolman will be on site with us, the pride of Fairbury, to... Um, I don't know if he's brought uh, some magic Husker dust or or what, but maybe good things can happen with, with Bill Dolman on site. Is he going to the game or is he just coming to the tailgate? No, I think Bill Dolman will find a way into that stadium. <laughs> if, he has to He'll jump, talk. if he has to jump out of a chopper with a parachute on with a football for kickoff, he'll find it. A week from today, we take off from Minnesota. We are on the road at The Graduate for Friday and Saturday shows. Bill Dolman also has been, uh, kid- I don't want to say kidnapped, commandeered. 
to uh, to be there for that. Open phones till five. Jeremiah Searles in uh, twenty minutes, and uh, also Brandon Vogel four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven. Seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. So we talk about, and, and Coach Barnett nailed it. Like, eventually you got to get it done, right? Eventually it's it's got to happen. And he feels pretty confident with the way Nebraska is playing that that moment is Saturday. How about you? Where's your confidence level at as a Nebraska fan for this? And listen, I know the the other side of the coin. You, uh, you, you have been a fan, a lot of you, for so many years, right? You've been a fan for so many years, and you don't want to get duped. You don't want to be hurt Saturday at midnight. And listen, I'll say if, if they don't get it done, blasphemy. It depends on what they look like not getting it done, Right? And I think that's where we're all pretty like confident with this football team that they are better, they are good, they are talented. We're going Stuart Smalls here. But I think there, there's some substance behind what they are. Chris is with us on Hale Varsity. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Schmitty. Uh, so I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, it's been a while since the Illinois I- weekend, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, so there was the last time I talked to you, I, I told you I was walking away. There's a lot of emotion wrapped up in that phone call. You're good. Um, I've, I've watched each of the games on DVR. I haven't, you know, I haven't done any of the. I, I did walk away. So I watched the, the Northwestern game, DVR, got to, you know, break it down a little bit. And we're, while we played a great game, um, I just, I don't, I'm still not there. I'm not ready to jump back into it yet. And so as far as Michigan, I think if, you know, we look at what they want to do, I think, I forget who was just on before. Uh, they want to run the ball. Yeah. We want to run the ball. Like, our offense is probably, a, could be a little bit more dynamic than theirs. Um, defensively, we probably match up. What this is probably going to come down to is turnovers and field position. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing so far that says that our special teams has gotten any better because we didn't really get to see them last Saturday. So I think that that's probably where we come up a little bit short. Um, I, I think we could probably, we're going to probably maybe give ourselves a shot in the fourth quarter um, if we don't mess up too bad before that. But um, I think where the, where the line sits right now is probably a really good projection is where this thing ends up. That's just my my thought. No, I, I get it. And listen, you've not seen proof that it's not it's not just enough for special teams to go win you a game, but you've not seen proof that they won't cost you a game. Exactly. And that's yeah. and that's the bottom line. Now, they've been working on special teams since Michigan State, and the best way to have special teams is not use them, right? Yeah, you have one punt yeah. for eighty four yards. So who knows? That's you're right. That's and Elijah you and I've been talking about that this week, where your your glaring shortcoming is that third phase. And while you can be good, Michigan is really good. They are really really good at returns, punt returns, and field position deals. They they they, they just that's how they have been able to be patient and grind it because their punter is not kicking it seven yards. 
right? It, it, they, they, they just find a way. Kicker, right? Their field goal kicker is pretty salty. If I eight for nine, if I'm hearing correctly, eight for yeah, nine, so. yeah. No, well, it, watch it and enjoy it, and and let's just see if it's uh, if it's like that old feeling you get, right? Old yeah. times. All right, Schmitty, be good. You too, buddy. Chris, thanks for the phone call. More calls to get to four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. We can go fifteen different ways on what happened Saturday, but Chris's take is not off. He's a former blood, sweat, and tears guy that is a, is a walk-on. And uh, he, he bled for, for Solich and those guys. He loves his Nebraska football, but you could hear in his voice, if you listen to the show, uh, just what <laughs> what Illinois did to him. Tom, thanks for calling. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I'm just uh, thinking here, the last couple seasons, Frost has been saying that our strength and conditioning is at its premium since he's been here. So I guess we're going to see, you know, this is the game. Fist in the face, Big Ten football, and we're going to find out if Frosty is fibbing a little bit or if he actually knows what he's talking about. Brother, I I look at the lines, and I don't think he's fibbing. They're bigger, stronger, faster. It just You can't mic. Tom, thanks for the call, bud. You can't microwave getting bigger, stronger, and faster. You see it. You see it, and you see the team being physical. Tom, they've got depth, brother, and and you're you you're right on. They're going to need it. They are going to need it with a Casey Rogers, a Ben Stilley, a D Train, uh, of course, a Daniels, uh, a Robinson. Going to need it absolutely. Let's head to the lines real quick. Jake, thanks for calling. Jake, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Hey, Chris, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'll keep this nice and short. Um, I'm, I was really excited after the Northwestern game, uh, as I think most of us are, but I think a lot of us are also being a little naive to think <laughs> that especially the younger guys on our offensive line are going to be able to hold up against some of those first-rounders on, on the Michigan's defense. So, Jake, I, listen, you're, uh, you're right on, but the thing is, as you get these guys ready, you better not be asking them to win one-on-ones all the time. Give them some help. You can scheme that, can't you? Oh, 100%. I hope Scott has some, has some uh, good, good plays for those kinds of situations. So, well, anyway. you know, they appreciate it. You know, we, and we'll get into this, Elijah. But you've seen the, the the double tackle look on the edge. The other thing is, run it at him. Don't let him sack you on third and eight because it's third and one. And we're back, fellas. Think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Am I wrong? I'm kind of turning to the right. The TV's on in the KFOR studio, and they always show the two pictures of the, the, the two Jeopardy finalists. They always got one guy from Jeopardy that looks like he's got people buried in his crawl space. They just The guy just looks kind of creepy, and yeah, he's way more smart. That sounds really intelligent there. He's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I, can, I can hear where the judgment's coming from now. Right, yeah. I, I, I'm, inadequate, I'm inadequate academically, I know, right? But they just got this guy that's got wiry rim glasses, and if you wear wiry rim glasses, good on you, because you can pull them off, but you like straight-up serial killer-looking killer guy there. 
I'm, I'm a little scoping out Blossom. I'm a little disappointed because I think I'd be really good at Jeopardy. However, I missed my window for college Jeopardy with Alex Trebek, and now Trebek's gone, and it's just it's a whole thing. But I, I really think I could have won the college. No, you're Jeopardy a, you're tournament. an academic uh, scholarship guy. Well, you don't have to. No, you're you're, you're smart. I'm, I'm blushing. That's Stop fine. That. <laughs> uh, let's talk about someone who's uh, top of the class with financial coverage. That's Ferris Financial Group. That was a money transition, just to let you know. You, you, give, me got, you give me cough drops and I get better all of a sudden, <laughs> right? Ferris Financial Group, their goal to educate, coach, and help you work towards investment goals. And they specialize in that investment strategy. Can also help you with budgeting, planning, and overall strategy. I wish... When I got to, first got married, from a budgeting standpoint, I was a train wreck. I wish, uh, wish I would have had Ferris Financial Group. And if you're just starting out or even you're transitioning with job change, look, Ferris Financial Group, uh, experts and uh, attention to detail for sure. And uh, give Marcus Schmidt a phone call today. He can help manage, counsel, and uh, grow your money at 402-525-6824. can email marcus.schmidt at lpl.com and reach out to him, ferrisfinancialgroup.com and uh, Facebook at Ferris Financial Group. We, do we have any time for Frosty? Can we sneak in some run game? Uh, Parker touched on it. Here's the man himself, Coach Frost, on what Saturday comes down to. It is carrying that pigskin and stopping the run. We need to do everything well. Um, I think the run game is probably the key to this game. They want to run it. We want to run it. They want to stop it. We want to stop it. Um, team that gets behind has to throw probably in a good spot. So uh, we got to do everything we can up front on offense and defense. So that was when, when our friends Schick and Nick do the Scotch Frost, they, they manipulate his voice um, as to – there's there's 47 pints of something in his bloodstream. That was shrooms, Scott Frost. <laughs> Start that up again. Someone dubbed that thing in all sorts of wrong. We need to do everything. We need to do everything well. Um, yeah, the echo the game's probably the key to this game. They want. Look, there's a white horse with <laughs> flames coming out of its hooves. That was nuts. We may not have any more Scott Frost the rest of the day, but we wanted to. We promise you. Well, the, the big problem was there was like a truck backing up in the middle of the Scott Frost presser, and <laughs> and it's like cutting the in over his voice. Dee, yeah, dee, yeah, dee, one of those. But that was just a it was a feedback thing. Jeremiah Searles is with us in ten minutes. Our favorite Husker NFLer and sideline man. His breakdown on Michigan, his thoughts on Saturday, Hour 2 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, our favorite sideline man with Nebraska football, standout Viking, Bill Panther Charger, and uh, was scared to arm wrestle. I kid. He was could have just 
threw me out the window. Jeremiah Searles with us. Follow him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, how's your Thursday? Did you putt any in today? Nope, didn't putt any in today, but I am doing a little bit of daddy daycare here. So if you hear a little crying in the background, I promise I'm just trying to get little girl to eat some bottles. No, that's fine. I was going to say the crying from her or from you. It's okay. It's okay. A little bit of both. Little Brother, bit of both. I got to, but we'll get into your breakdown, your thoughts. Uh, that's gonna. That's Michigan right there is what she's saying. She's gonna be screaming. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so you pulled off your dear friend, Will Compton, coming to town in lightness. Yes, I did. So talking with Will. He was something that along the lines, him and I talked kind of early in the week, and we were like, hey, maybe this can happen. And as we got further into the week, we were like, no, this can really happen. And so as we just kept working with it and through uh, our wonderful friends in the athletic department and everything, it's going to work out. The bus is currently in transit on its way here from Nashville, and we'll be here tomorrow, and it's going to be really fun. No, that is that is gold. We are uh, set up with our friend Gary Michaels, his tailgate uh, in in the afternoon. But that's really cool that Will and the bus itself is being transported uh, all the way all the way here. And you know what? You guys were the the last squad to uh, to go beat Michigan. Uh, you did in 2012, and you you did again in 2013. What do you remember about the matchup? You know, I just remember Michigan is always tough physically. I mean, they do a great job. They get good recruits. They got big-time recruits out there that come in, and physically they've always been able to match the toughness. That was never the problem. And, I mean, in 2010 we went up there and we got routed. And then uh, 2012 we beat them at home in 13. But Michigan was always a team that they have guys that I would call game wreckers, where you put the star around them and say, if we don't block this guy or if we let this guy run wild, like, He's going to wreck the game for us. And they have those guys this year. And so the big thing was we wanted to eliminate those guys. We wanted to make sure we didn't let those guys beat us. And then just you have to play super clean football whenever you're playing against the Michigan squad because you know that they're going to try and eat some clock, be physical in the run game, and create some turnovers in the defensive side of the ball. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Searles, they have more than one game wrecker. So let's let's go to the offensive line, and before we we dive into the matchup, your takeaway on Teddy, on on Nuri, and uh, of course uh, your thought on Turner. I mean, let's go to the O line Saturday and then pay it forward for this week. Yeah, so I mean, watching the film, watching back, I was very impressed with those two. I thought Teddy came out and handled himself very well. I mean, first start, night game in Lincoln. I know that they didn't have any werewolves coming off the edge, but, I mean, it's still your first big-time start. It's your first conference opponent, and he handled himself very well. I thought his pass protection was very solid. I thought he moved guys in the run game, and the moment wasn't too big for him, which is really the question that sometimes gets asked a lot. Is Can a freshman handle what it means to start in the Big Ten? Can, can they handle it mentally, physically? And he did well. And Nuri came out and played about what I expected. He played solid. He's got experience playing in that position before. And he really he really helped Teddy's development, I think. I think that's one thing we haven't talked enough about this week is Nuri's ability to help Teddy. And I thought those two worked really well together. And then Turner being the athlete that he is, I mean, he struggled a little bit early on getting his feet under him. But 
by the end of the game, he looked like a natural right tackle. Searles, I mean, you've been in that position of being a, a freshman stepping into a, a big spot playing left tackle. I remember back to that Texas A&M game against Von Miller. How do you think the Huskers are going to try to help out Teddy in this one? You mentioned Nuri's ability to help, but I'd expect that the Huskers are also going to have some running back or tight end help for, for Teddy. What, what do you think so? Yeah, so I mean, Aiden Hutchinson for Michigan is a first round, maybe even a top 10 pick. He's the best defensive end in the Big Ten, in my opinion. He has the motor of Garrett Nelson, but he has much more technical tools. And he's about 6'6". So if, if I'm watching him, he's the guy you put the star around early in the week and say, we don't let this guy beat us, especially matching up against two tackles who are first-time starters. Um, I mean, Teddy's a first-time starter. Turner's a first-time starter this year. I know we think an older guy, but he's still a first-time starter. So I'd expect chips. I'd expect tight end chips. I'd expect running back chips. I think you run option at him. You make him the read guy a lot of times in your RPOs or your read option game or your triple option game, and you just make him stink. You make him try and play the guessing game of, okay, what are they doing to me this time? Are they going to read me? Are they going to throw at me? Are they going to cut me? What are they going to do? And that's what you got to do with players like that. And so, yeah, I'd expect a lot of help. Where uh, Wherever you see number 97, you'll definitely know the offense is for sure going to pay attention to him. Is Nebraska's recipe, when we talk about this Michigan speed and physicality and athleticism, not size per se, they're not tiny, but they're not they're not yoked, okay? They're not Wisconsin big or Iowa big. Is Nebraska just try and run downhill at them? Do they start out between the tackles, or do they start out going after the edges? You know, I honestly think that the reason Wisconsin fell behind in that game is because they kind of strayed away from the inside run. No, I think that if you want to attack this Michigan defense, you need to run the ball at them. This defense is built to rush the passer. And what this defense would love is if their offense can get them a two-score two lead, 10 points, 14 points, whatever it is, and just allow these guys to pin their ears back and come after you. What they don't want is they don't want the ball run at them 40 times a game. And so if you, if you want to attack this defense, where you want to do it is between the tackles, in my opinion. And you want to try and make sure, like I said, running away from 97 putting him on the backside of plays. But, I mean, it's not like they got slaps everywhere else. But I think the best recipe for success is to try and go right at the teeth of this defense and then throw some sprinkles down the field to get those safeties to back off of it. I will not ask you to go any further into definition of slaps, but uh, (laughs) that was pretty good. Jeremiah Searles with us on Hale Varsity Radio, our favorite sideline man, Husker football coverage. So... Adrian is, I mean, Michigan's given him so much pub and credit and respect, and that makes a ton of sense, right? Because of how well Adrian's played and, you know, his physical gifts. Is is Adrian, you tell me, do you think going into this, he's going to be able to be even keel, absorb the moment in a great way, like, oh, get to go ball out against Michigan, or is this a situation where oh, no, it's a big game. There's a signature win on the line. Uh, I hope I don't screw up. Let's talk mindset and mentality here. You know, I think Adrian's one of those guys that approaches the week every single week the same. And watching what he's gone through from freshman year to Heisman hopeful the next year to everybody wants him out the next year to this year, the question was, what is he? And he's handled that so well mentally that I think he's really found a good place for himself mentally of how he wants to prepare week in and week out 
and the way he looks at the opponent. If I'm Adrian, I'm looking at my offensive line going, guys, give me the time and I'll find the open guys. I, I no longer think it's a matter of can Adrian do it. It's a matter of can we help him enough that he can rise to the occasion of the big game. You know, I think that the physical tools, the mental tools, and everything that he has is absolutely there. I think it's now more about the cast of characters around him elevating their game to help him so that at the big moment, when the big moment arises, everybody's helping each other because so often the focus falls solely on the quarterback that it really is about the 10 other guys on the field helping him get to that moment and then helping him excel in that moment. Searles, one of the places Adrian has looked most dynamic in recent weeks has been that triple option. Uh, when you have a lot of teams now going with that, that quarterback spy look against Adrian, the triple option has been a, a good change of pace to get him involved in the running game yet again. Uh, just Are, are you going to be breaking that triple option down in, in your video uh, breakdowns this week? And uh, also, just what do you think of the triple option? No, yeah, so I, I already recorded the video breakdown. I'm actually I'm breaking down uh, Ramir Johnson's run, just how we were really physical at the point of, account, uh, point of attack with our double teams and how we had hats for hats and everywhere. But using the triple option, and I tell people this all the time, when you're a defense and you're scheming for runs against you, very often you don't account for the quarterback because usually the quarterback's either handing the football or he's just kind of a read guy. But when you run the triple option, you can do something really unique. You can cut the defense. So what I mean by that is on the backside, you can get backside linebackers and defensive linemen cut so that there's really only one force defender on the front side that's responsible for the quarterback. And now with the option game, that force defender now has to make a decision. Do I take the quarterback or do I take the pitched guy? And you put him in a bind. And so when you look at it when an option play is successful, you always have to look at the backside. Did the backside lineman, the center, the backside guard, the backside head end get to that backside linebacker? Because when the backside linebacker can flow free over the front, you now have a guy for the quarterback and a guy for the pitch key. And so it's really important about that backside getting cut off because Adrian, they've done a phenomenal job with it because Adrian's able to have one pitch key make the guy either miss or pitch late or pitch early and then let the receiver or the running back make it work. But all that's because the backside has been executed beautifully and then Adrian executes his job off that one pitch man. Searles, uh, let's flip it around. The Michigan offensive line, what's the Nebraska defense in store for? Yeah, so, so Michigan's good this year because Michigan went back to doing Michigan things, lining up in the dot and running downhill. And you see it. They like to use a lot of two tight end sets like we do. They have two tight ends that can block. They like to use a tight end as kind of a pseudo fullback at times. But they're really big on motioning guys into the box and trying to crack on the backside of the defense and then punch it up in the A-gap. And so you'll see a lot of a a tight end that's going to come in motion, and then they'll hike the ball as he's in full motion, and he'll try and cut a defender on the front side so that there's a cutback lane for the running back. And then on top of that, all of Michigan's deep shots that they had last week came from when Wisconsin blitzed them and they didn't get home and he kind of was able to throw up a prayer. And I think Wisconsin's defense has some issues on the back end, but Michigan's going to take shots down the field. And the reason that they can take shots down the field is because they've been so successful running the football. And we talk about it all the time. If you're successful running the football, you then have to bring safeties in the box. You have to keep linebackers at three yards instead of five yards. Safeties are at nine yards instead of 11. 
then you kind of hang your corners out there. So Michigan's offense has been very much run to pass over the last few games that I've watched them play, and that broke down the tape. But I think that the more you watch this team when they struggle is when you stop the run on first and second down and you put them back in third and long situations. It's not where they excel. It's not where they want to be. So I think that you're really going to see Chenander putting guys up front, but it's really about guys up front, Ty Robinson, the Garrett Nelson, the Ben Stillies, being able to stop the run without the relying of Dismuke or Williams or Miles Farmer or whoever's playing the safety position having to stick their nose in there. Jeremiah Searles with us, our favorite sideline Husker reporter. You hear him on the broadcast, of course, and longtime NFLer. Daddy daycare going on, and he brought Will Compton back to Lincoln for a Saturday mother of all tailgates. So, Searles, we owe you a steak and a beer, medium, rare, and cold. Your confidence level was 12 out of 10 against Northwestern. Confidence level uh, in the guys' mentality in the moment. Tough ball game, right? Going to be a really tough ball game Saturday night. Are you feeling good going in? You know, I'm feeling good going in because for the first time in a long time, Chris and Elijah, I feel like this team actually is walking into a primetime game, national televised game, top 10 opponent, and they think they can win. I mean, last time college game day was here for Ohio State, we all were thinking, well, maybe if something, if the stars align and Justin Fields goes cross-eyed, like maybe we can win this game. But I think Husker Nation, I think the Husker players, I think the Husker coaching staff all feel like this is a winnable football game. And I agree. I'm confident. I'm not saying that it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be adversity. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. But I think this is a game that I'm confident we can go in and win as long as we play clean. That's one thing we did last week. The starters played clean. No pre-snap penalties, not a lot of holding penalties or any forced penalties. They played a clean football game. And if we can do that, we can hang with anyone. It's a matter of how clean can we play, and that's going to be the big difference in the game for me. Got a minute left. Special teams, that, that phase has been huge for Michigan can Nebraska not be a liability Saturday? Well, if we can keep punting the ball 84 yards, then I'd say yes. Right. But I think we have more seven-yard punts than 84-yard punts. So we're going we're gonna to hold on that thought. So just don't punt. That, or just don't punt. That's even better. Or field position is going to be huge in this game. I think that's, that's something, too, that's going to be very much important. Wisconsin last week had to go 90 on Michigan. Michigan a lot of times only had to go 40. So – I think special teams' field position is going to be huge, and Connor Colt's got to make his kicks because we need points. Points will be at a premium Saturday night. Kent uh, emails in chris at hailvarsity.com just to, to chime in and remind us all Nebraska was clean against Northwestern. <laughs> Top rope steel chair, but, but not, uh, not off the mark. But, hey, going to be a big ball game. <laughs> Searles, we will see you Saturday uh, excited uh, to be a part of this whole uh, extravaganza. You lived it. Uh, you get to cover it now, and you do an awesome job. Thanks for uh, spending time with us today, man. No problem, man. This is the game's why you come to Nebraska. Go Big Red. All right, there he is, Jeremiah Searles, longtime NFLer, uh, Husker sideline man, and uh, bringing Will Compton back to Lincoln. Big thanks to Searles. Brandon Vogel on the way. Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network, Best Bets, also this hour. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could 
Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Well, your calls and emails coming up. Don't forget, single barrel is where we are at tomorrow, four to six Friday road show. Come see us, plenty of Budweiser goodies, and uh, yes, some lottery giveaways. Four to six, every home football Friday, the single barrel inside the graduate, and then uh, live from the Gary Michaels tailgate on campus, Saturday, three to five. A reminder about your friends at Arrow Brokerage, a full-service real estate brokerage. They're owned and operated by local investors, and they specialize in real estate investment. And it's a mighty team of talented realtors that help clients in all facets. When it comes to real estate, that includes buying, selling, staging, and investing, and much more. Uh, give broker Jenny Limbach a call today, or Marcus Schmidt can email brokerage at aerolincoln.com. Can visit the website aerolincoln.com backslash brokerage. And for your socials, Facebook at aerolnk. And also on Instagram at arrow underscore Lincoln. We welcome in managing editor HaleVarsity.com and magazine uh, Brandon L. Vogel is uh, where you find him on Twitter. And uh, Vogel has posted a picture, a pin tweet about uh, chili and cinnamon rolls. Vogel, it's going to be warm enough Saturday night. There will not be cinnamon uh, rolls or chili are you sad doesn't it feel like for for michigan nebraska it needs to have some sort of chili concoction yeah it feels like we should you know that's typically in the in the press box at least uh that's a that's a morning game deal and you know uh nebraska's on its on its run of of night games uh get a morning morning game deal next week in minnesota but they don't do chili and cinnamon rolls up there just uh, their loss. Well, they do Bloody Marys, or so I'm told. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you how they are. Bugs, how you feeling? Uh, what 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 are you intrigued about for Saturday night with Nebraska? There's a hundred different ways to go on this. I'm just intrigued by kind of meeting that moment. I know it's been kind of an ongoing theme, but man, there's a lot of lot of fun that could be had if you get this done Saturday. Yeah, there is. And I mean, even just the kind of lead up to the game and the past week has, has been fun. I mean, Nebraska has a night game. It's welcoming a top 10 opponent in. And, you know, based on the point spread, if, if you're the type of person that looks at those or just based on what you've seen from both teams, like they've got a real shot to, to go out and beat an undefeated Michigan team. And, you know, that you add in that it is Nebraska and Michigan, you know, two programs who – are as good as any in the country. When you look at the sports history, uh, there, there's a lot of that. And then you get into the nuts and bolts of, of the actual game. And I expect it to be pretty close. Uh, we, we know how, how Michigan wants to play offensively. Um, Nebraska is a little bit more of a mystery and, you know, can they meet the moment? I think is, is kind of the key question. We saw last week, how, how good things can look when kind of, Everything goes your way, and I'm not, you know, Nebraska obviously engineered a lot of that, mm-hmm. not taking any credit away. But can they can they do the same in a game where it's a little more back and forth? And I think that's probably what we'll see on Saturday night. Yeah, and Brandon, Vegas is with you. They're predicting a close game for Saturday night. So what do you think Nebraska needs to do to, to finally triumph in a close game as opposed to another one-score loss? Uh, 
that not let their their recent history and I guess <laughs> depends on your definition of recent because we're going back uh, more than three seasons at this point, but not let their recent history define them. And I think they have a group that's that's capable of doing that um, with the the experience they have and just also sort of the the internal leadership from a player perspective that we've seen so far. You know, and uh, when I look at Michigan's offense, we know they're going to they've run the ball seventy percent of the time. They've run the ball against Rutgers and Wisconsin when it wasn't working all that well. And, and Nebraska has a pretty good run defense. I would expect them to hold up there. Uh, for the most part, but the key is, is Michigan's also been pretty explosive, not on a broad sense, but they've got a ton of short touchdown drives. So that's the test. Like, you know, you got to come in and be ready to stop the run, but you also got to remain sound and kind of lean on that experience you have on the defense side of it to not get beat over the top because Michigan's going to try to do that too. Brendan Vogel's with us. Hail varsity.com and magazine author with John Cook. Dream like a champion at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. So as you looked at the Rutgers-Michigan game, and that's been two weeks ago, Rutgers a different squad after they got whacked by Ohio State. Don't know if there was a little look ahead, foot off the gas. I think probably a little bit of both as you're up 20-3 to and then you, you hang on. But Noah, looked, Noah Vedra looked great throwing the football, and that offense looked a lot like what Nebraska can do uh, or has done, not obviously – the, the same, but what they were able to do with just some of the, the motion and quarterback run game. Does that give you confidence that maybe Nebraska's offense can be a little better than than we think against this Michigan defense? Or are you like, look, all right, you've had a dry run. If you're Michigan, they'll be better because of seeing Noah and, and Rutgers. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps Michigan to to have that – game under their belt a little bit, but, you know, Nebraska's offense, even through its, you know, struggles in the run game to this point um, in most games, like it's, it, it's a better offense than, than Rutgers is. And you look back at that game and, and Rutgers has done it, done as much as anyone, well, more than anyone so far this year against that Michigan defense. In addition to Vedral, you know, I think going for 11 carries and 40, almost 50 yards, they're, they're running back. Isaiah Pacheco went over 100 yards against Michigan, too. Just barely. I mean, it's not like they broke away. He but was good. You, he, he was good. And, you know, you hope that maybe with Yant getting that game under his belt last week, or if it's somebody else in the backfield um, with, with the offensive line kind of getting a game under its belt uh, in, a, in a reconfigured format, if Nebraska can run the ball, like then it opens up a lot of things because that pass game is still, you know, Nebraska's kind of best club in the bag at this point, I think, uh, with this group of receivers and tight ends that they have. Brandon, do you think that that Yant, along with Teddy Prohaska at left tackle and, and Nuri Nueli at left guard, could be the, the answer to the the woes Nebraska has faced in the running game so far this year? Yeah, I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Now, if they come out and do it again against Michigan, we'd feel I'd feel a lot closer to an answer to that. You know, this is going to be a, a big test for for all three of those, and particularly the two on the on the offensive line. You know, Northwestern is always going to be super sound and where they need to be as a defense. Michigan also does a pretty good job of that. And, oh, they add a history of producing NFL talent, particularly on defense, on top of that. 
And that's what a couple of young guys, um, both in terms of kind of where they're at in their careers, but also just the number of games they played at Nebraska are going to have to deal with. So I expect it's not going to, it's probably not going to look as crisp and easy as it did against Northwestern. In fact, it's definitely not, but can, can a guy like Petty or a guy like Nori, you know, hold their own uh, and, and make some plays. Cause that's what you're looking at with guys as talented as Michigan has on the edges of this defense. Like, can you win your fair share of plays? Cause they're going to get some too. So let's go back to Oklahoma. And that's where you saw the unveiling of, of Big Teddy as, as an extra kind of a third tight end. Do you go back to that well when you want to get some run creases going? You've moved Turner, obviously, but it's not that you don't have a Ben Hart that you can bring off, okay? I, I'm just saying you can go heavy and you can go big, and Nebraska's done it once against Oklahoma, a smaller, faster defense versus your Iowa-Wisconsin body type. Do you, do you try and do that again if you're Nebraska? Is that, is that part of a new wrinkle we see Saturday? Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if you didn't see that a little bit again. Um, you know, one of the nice things about having this many guys have already seen time on the offensive line is that you know, even if you want to ride the momentum from that Northwestern game and be like, well, our line from that game is our line for this game because why would you change it after, you know, 56 points? I think Nebraska can still, you know, you can, like you said, they've got a lot of flexibility there at tackle. Like if you want to push one of those other guys back over to the left side and the other one back in on the right, it does give you the option of, of using Prohaska the way they used him against Oklahoma. Um, so th- there's a lot of things Nebraska can do. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week about the option game, and I, I think there's still more plays to come that can come off of those option looks. And you're getting to a point now where, hey, you got a top ten opponent coming in. Not much, uh, not much reason to save any of that stuff if, if you've got it. Brandon, on, on on the defensive side of the ball, you know Michigan's going to be running the ball downhill at the Huskers. Uh, what what do you make of Nebraska's front seven? Uh, do you think that their strong showing so far this season can continue against a team that could have the strongest rushing attack of anyone on the Huskers' schedule so far this year? Yeah, I, I like their chances to hold up there. You know, the linebacking group as a whole, inside and outside, has really, really been playing well. And they're getting a lot of work because the defensive line has done a good job of staying assignment sound and, and doing what they've been asked to do. You know, it's not a, it's not a group, the, the defensive line in particular, that's in opponent backfields a whole lot, at least in, on passing situations. But you've had somebody like Garrett Nelson step up and kind of fill that role a little bit. Caleb Tanner's playing the best football of his career. So when it comes to Michigan running the ball, like I, I, I don't have a ton of doubts. Uh, about Nebraska's front seven ability to just hang in there and make tackles because you're going to be asked to do that a lot. That said, you know, I think one of the quickest ways to say, oh, Michigan's got the best of this early in this game is if they're able to run it, you know, four or five, six yards of carry. Um, that might be an indication that Nebraska's having a little bit of trouble of adapting to whatever Michigan has done specifically for this matchup. Brandon Vogel with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, uh, managing editor at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogue's about 30 seconds. How are things working for volleyball? I know Coach Cook and company have regrouped quite a bit. 
Yeah, trending upward, uh, you know, for now. I think you're starting to see, well, the roster is certainly settling down. They've kind of found a rotation or at least a you know, combination of rotations that they like. And you're starting to see those freshmen, you know, a couple have separated themselves, but just become more accustomed to the college game, which I think was always the long game here for Coach Cook. And so far the returns have been pretty good. You get tested a little bit this week, though. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday. Thanks again for your time today, man. Thank you. A lot of fun. I-80 podcast preview. Heard at Family Media. It's where you find Brandon's podcast. You're rolling into town. Of course, we're on the on the doorstep of the Gary Michaels tailgate. Saturday, single barrel tomorrow, 4-6. to six. Best bets on the way. Danny Burke, what's he think of Nebraska, Michigan, and that minus three and a half? He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, winding down to Thursday. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is that time for Best Bets with Danny Burke. Beeson Sports Network Rush Hour and of course Danny Burke's podcast Pride of Chicago at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter Pride of Chicago it is such a big game Saturday in Lincoln how you doing oh man it's huge you know I'm I'm excited but I'm like nervous right you know it's a little bit of both I I want to be pumped for this game and I want to believe that Nebraska can get the outright win and, and why shouldn't they be able to get it right. I mean, there's still a lot of people who aren't convinced on Harbaugh, but I don't know. This team has looked good, and you know, based on what in my tenure of being associated with Nebraska, these are the type of games they lose. But maybe it, it seems like it could be a different vibe from this team. So I'm kind of torn right now, but I'm excited, Schmitty. Yeah, it's got to happen sometime, Danny. Right? Yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not Saturday night? What, as you've looked at this, it opened Sunday at one and a half. It's up to three and a half, Michigan, and then maybe. Coming back down a little bit, over under fifty and a half. I, I'm I'm torn. I can see Nebraska scoring some points because of big plays. I can see Michigan also rising up. Uh, they've not run for a ton of yards on Rutgers or Wisconsin, but they've done enough. I mean, they they've done enough, and they've got a really good defense. Uh, I think they're they're a fast, athletic defense, but they're undersized, so. You know, I, I just watched the Rutgers film, and Noah Vedral had him in third and one. I mean, the, the kind of the spread zone read look dented Michigan a little bit. I think Nebraska can totally get this done, but, you know, push comes to shove. I just think Michigan will, will probably play a cleaner game. Can Nebraska survive that? That's kind of how I'm seeing this one too, Schmitty. I feel like it could be a game that going back and forth, and Nebraska has their chances, but then at the end of the day, you know, Michigan might be the team not to shoot themselves in their foot, right? I mean, you you talk about just this whole Nebraska season, and, you know, aside from the Oklahoma game, which, of course, was a respectable loss, but Michigan State, you shot yourself in the foot. Uh, Illinois, you, of course, shot yourself in the foot. And, you know, even with Oklahoma, you had the special teams blunder, but at the end of the day, again, that's a respectable loss. So, if they can avoid just doing the stupid little things that happen all the time that causes them to lose these games, then there's 
absolutely a chance they could win this game and even more so cover the three and a hook because when it's at that spread of three and a half, Schmitty, you know, I- I'm not rushing to lay that with Michigan. Now, when it opened up at one, my immediate reaction was, yeah, are you kidding me? This is going to get fed up so quickly, which it did. But then, as you alluded to, it got bet back down in favor of Nebraska. You know, maybe more people just kind of thinking in the back of their mind, all right, this is, you know, Harbaugh, we're still not sold. This team hasn't had the hardest schedule. And Nebraska on the other side, although having those three losses on their schedule, have played competitive in every single game at this point. So I, I guess if you're looking to bet it at the three and a half, you have to ask yourself, you know, avoid any special teams blunder, any special teams debacle. And if your answer is yes, then Nebraska probably covers and or wins this game. But I think the best option to take, Schmitty, and I know I say this a lot, but I truly think this is the best route to take, is waiting for the end game. Because then you can kind of be patient, wait and see, okay, what kind of Nebraska offense do we have out there today? What kind of plays are we calling? Is the offensive line able to protect Martinez? And even more so, are they able to put pressure on the opposing team and able to move the ball in the ground game, which Nebraska loves to do so much? Special teams, you know really what you're going to get regardless. It's just a matter of when they're going to make that crucial mistake. But it really is going to come down to how much pressure this Nebraska offense is putting on the Michigan defense. And if it looks like they're doing enough right away, then, heck, you know, since it's a short line, you're probably still going to be able to get it around there or even better at some point. So I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait and see if there's a better opportunity during the game. Danny Burke with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, you have two really good defenses. Does that mean this thing will go over 50 and a half? It's comical that you're like chuckling saying that because that's exactly what I would think, right? I mean, you would think Big Ten and you would think these teams have solid defenses, so why wouldn't you go to the under? But for some reason, you know, my gut is saying that this is going to be like a high-scoring back-and-forth game almost for some reason. I feel honestly less confident in betting the total than I do the spread for this one <laughs> because 15.5 like, seems perfect, but regardless of what the outcome is, I don't think I would be shocked in terms of how many points are going to be scored. So that one I'm staying away from even more so. But I, I guess if I had to, I would lean a little bit toward the over. Danny Burke with us, VEASAN Sports Network, Pride of Chicago, and it's best bets with Danny Burke. Penn State, Iowa, man. Circus is in town in Iowa City again. Uh, Iowa favored by one and a half. Uh, and uh, do they have enough offense to, uh, to, to be the difference? Defense and special teams has been great for the Hawkeyes. That's the big question, right? And for me, it's what kind of quarterback player are you going to get out of Petrus? I mean, Sean Clifford, you know, last year he had not a good year whatsoever, a lot of turnovers, but they've turned the tide this season, and their defense is looking great. Clifford's doing enough to get them the dubs, and it's not that Petrus isn't on the other side, but, Schmitty, I feel like Petrus really hasn't been tested. And I was never really been in a spot where it's either been, and not saying this is going to be a shootout game, but where it's been a back-and-forth battle and an offense is testing their defense, or he has to do a really close come-from-behind victory type of game. Because if you're in a spot, if you're Iowa, where you know you have to drive the ball down the field toward the end of the game, you can't rely on Goodson because you don't want to run the ball and run out the clock, I can't trust Petrus in that spot just yet. I've been proven that he can do that. We somewhat at least can with Clifford, at least based on this year. I think he's outperformed Petrus because, again, they haven't needed Petrus to be fantastic. The surrounding parts for each team are equally dominating. You probably give the edge even more so to Iowa, maybe with the defense and definitely the running game. If you're giving me points with this matchup that seems neck and neck to me, I know it's a tough road spot, but I I was hoping it was going to get up to three, but of course, you know, in this type of game, it's inevitably not going to. 
and maybe if you could buy it up if it gets to two and a half. But I would look toward Penn State because in this game, if you're getting the points and you have the better quarterback, which in my opinion is Clifford, I think taking the points and maybe if you're feeling frisky, a little bit of juice on the money line, uh, look toward that direction with the Nittany Lions. Danny, about 90 seconds left here. Before we get to Thursday night football, uh, we need to talk about the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma and Texas. Right now, Oklahoma is a three-point favorite. This one's really tough. I mean, immediately my thought was to take the points with Texas, especially when it got up to three and a half. But the Longhorns are a banged-up team right now. And as bad as Oklahoma's looked, and not even bad, they're just playing down to their competition. They haven't won a dominating performance for some reason. I'm just kind of leaning toward Oklahoma in this game with them at three. I don't know what it is, but they're going to play even. It's going to come down to the wire. And, you know, I still trust my boy Spencer Rattler, and I think they have a little bit more depth at this point. So I'm going with the Sooners. What do you like for Thursday night here, L.A. or Seattle? Uh, This one's tough. You know, I'm leaning a little bit toward the Rams in this spot just because the Seahawks' pass defense is so bad, and that's where the Rams thrive. And they're the worst against the run, too, are the Seahawks. So I like Henderson with his props. they got a bunch of props, which we'll talk on the show. But I think Henderson goes off. I think the Rams bounce back, and I would lean toward the line movement, which went in favor with Los Angeles. Can you give us one of the props that you like tonight, Danny? Yeah, take a look at uh, Henderson over his rushing yards, 63 and his, uh, 63 and a half. Also with him, I did his receiving yards over. The Seahawks are allowing running backs about like 77 of receiving yards per game. Every other lead back has gone over that mark. So look for Henderson to have a big game both on the ground and in the air. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets, Vizen Sports Network, and follow Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Danny, enjoy Saturday, bud. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, you bet, fellas. You too. Talk to you next week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Now to get caught up, Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha, spasonline.com. Deb, you didn't you didn't really have to sweat too much last weekend. You had to be smiling here as you crawled into the hot tub, didn't you, with Nebraska and Kansas City's performances. That's right. That was one of those, you know, you, you get in and you can't help but say, ah, <laughs> in more, way, more ways than one. It felt good both, you know, getting into hot water and those games were just so great. So let's do it again this weekend. And if you've got a spa, you know, we've been delivering like crazy. So there are a lot of brand new customers out there that are just starting to get, you know, to enjoy their new spa. And, of course, these evenings have gotten so nice and cool, perfect hot tub weather. Well, you've got the answer for uh, that person and family that want a spa. You've got the swim spa. You have the two-seater. You have everything in between. And uh, no time like, uh, I don't know, before you go tailgate to go see Deb the Spa Lady uh, on a Saturday or towards the end of the week. Deb, uh, you always have great pricing and great specials. Uh, Last weekend felt like old times for so many Husker fans. You've got pricing like old times all the time. We we do. You're right. You know, this is our 31st year in business. So we've seen a lot of things change. You know, we've gone from the little soft tubs that you plugged into a 110 outlet that had four jets to the swim spas that are 19 feet long. 
So if you would have told us back 31 years ago that we would be selling swim spas, I think we would have thought you were kind of crazy. <laughs> well, the swim spas are awesome, though, too. Folks can exercise, and also I think you can get the whole neighborhood in it. You can. You really can. The bigger and uh, the one we sell the most of is the 15-footer. And, yes, you could get a lot of people in that spa. And the nice thing is you can adjust the temperature. Maybe you want to swim and exercise. You can turn it down. And then if you want to have a party in it, turn it up to 104. It'll go up just like a hot tub. Deb, what are the hours folks can come see you and uh, get that expert service? 10 to 6, Monday through Friday. And then Saturday we'll be there from 10 to 4. Deb, the spa lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha, spasonline.com. Deb, uh, cheer hard for your Huskers, cheer hard for your Chiefs, all right? I sure will. Okay, Chris, thanks. There she is, Deb from Home Innovation Spas, joining us as she always does on a Thursday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Can you believe it? We have already made it to the end of a show as it's a loaded week, Michigan week. Uh, More coming up your way tomorrow as Chris on the road down at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Hotel, 4 to 6 tomorrow afternoon. Check us out on Facebook, the live stream, ESPN Lincoln Facebook page, or as always uh, on your radio station or radio dial, I should say. If you missed any of the show today, you can catch us in podcast form, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcasts, as well as on ESPNLincoln.com. That's where you can listen to Coach Gary Barnett, who joined us back in hour one as well as parker gabriel jeremiah searles joining us to lead off hour two brandon vogel and danny burke burke's best bets all on a loaded edition of a uh thursday of hail varsity radio coming to you again on a friday and then three to five uh from the gary michaels tailgate that's all coming up hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery back at you tomorrow